Hello and welcome to the Lean Line podcast. Uh, Chris here, I hope you are doing well and keeping safe and all that usual jazz at the moment. Um, we are back with another episode of the podcast where we get to know a familiar face from the world of Scottish women's football. Except this time they've multiplied because that's right, there's not just one of the SWPL's brightest young stars, but we've got two. Um, today I'm joined by a Hibernian duo and um, real life good buddies, I'm informed. If this is wrong, please tell me. Uh, Amy Muir and Emily Much. Uh, Amy, Emily, thanks very much for coming on. No problem, glad to be on it. Thanks for having us. Nah, no problem at all. Um, let's start with you, Emily. How, how are you doing just now? How's, how's the kind of last couple of months been for you? Um, yeah, it's been weird, but it's good to be back. And obviously back in training and games starting up again. So yeah, it's been weird, but I'm glad to be back. And what about you, Amy? Obviously, game on Sunday against Spartans. Was it just nice to kind of play competitive football for the first time in what's been months yeah yeah it's just been such a long time but um because obviously we had our pre-season and then only played one game before the lockdown so we came back in and done like a second pre-season but obviously it's just felt like such a long time and delighted to just get the season underway now competitive games back um, I said it at the start, so let's clarify. First of all, like Emily, are are you and Amy pals? This isn't like some kind of forced endeavour that I've put you through. You can uh, get on. Nah. No, we are <laughs> pretty good pals. Yeah, that's good. Because yeah. um, we're going to try something that I've not tried before, which is like a little game at the end, which as I, which I said before we start recording may or may not work. But before we get to that, we'll we'll just talk a little bit about kind of your careers and obviously kind of your your life in football today. So I think the the first question I always like to ask at the start of this is. What's your first memories of kicking a ball about? So I'll start with you, Amy. What's your kind of first memories of playing football? Um, I'd say probably just playing in the garden with my dad and my brother um, and then getting into it a wee bit more with the boys in my class in primary school. Um, and then it kind of just went from there and a few of them had went to a, a kind of club on a Saturday morning. So I started joining in with that and then that led on to my first boys club. Um, first touch football coaching um, yeah so that was like my first club that I started with for the boys mainly ones in my class and that's where it went from there and I just loved it ever since really and, and what about you Emily were you always destined to be a goalkeeper or did you start outfield kicking about and kind of make your way back uh, nah so I started outfield so I started in primary school as well it was one of my best pals like one of the boys in my class he was going along to the football training, so then I just went along because he was going. And then ever since, I've just kind of loved it and carried on. But now nah, I used to play outfield. I used to be like a striker or midfielder, but then I went on after I played at the school with the boys for a bit. I signed for like my first girls team, so I signed for Westlake girls. And then when I was there, I became like a goalkeeper because I just got chucked in one day and like I was actually all right. So. <laughs> It just kept me in kind of thing and I quite enjoyed it. So I've just been in there ever since. Really. So like that that first time when you got put in goals, was it a case of you are like, oh, I can't believe I've got to do this? And then you were like, oh, it's a sound. Or were you just kind of like, whatever, as long as I'm playing? Nah, so like I didn't really want to go in, I don't think. I can't really remember. I think it was like nobody wanted to go in and it was a case of, oh, it's your turn to go in. So I just got chucked in and then quite enjoyed that. So it's just been come from there, really. You both mentioned playing playing in boys' clubs. Um, in terms of growing up, uh, Amy, who was your kind of players that you looked up to? Um, I'd say probably growing up at a younger age, it was probably just a lot of the male players because um, obviously not getting the exposure in the women's game, but 
I think it's just always been like just your big players like Messi and um, Gerard, etc. Growing up, and I think as I've got older and as the the kind of women's side of the game, particularly the national team, became a bit more, you know, kind of on the news and on the TV and stuff like players like Julie Fleet and Kim Little, you start to know their their names. So they were probably the first two that I knew um, from um, the women's side of the game. And what about yourself, Emily? Was there any kind of goalkeeper you looked up to or was it kind of outfielders? What, what, what was your um, team? I'd say probably the same. Like when I was younger, it was always male players that you've seen because like obviously the women's game wasn't really that big then. Um, but now nah, I'd say mostly outfield players, to be honest. Um, like I was always a big fan of Ronaldo when I was younger. And then as I've grew up, kind of Kim Little was always a name that we heard of because obviously being from Aberdeen, She's from up there as well, so she was always someone that got brought up, like, to be sort of inspired to be like, if you know what I mean. I was, um, I was going to ask you a question about Ronaldo there because I'm, like, a, a good bit older than than you two, I think it's yeah. fair to say. So I was going to ask a question about whether it was the original Ronaldo or Cristiano Ronaldo, and then I realised oh, it's probably yeah. Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah Cristiano that's, Ronaldo. That's, yeah. that's kind of what I thought, but I, yeah, at least we know now. That's cool. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of like when you were growing up and getting of encouragement playing the game then, um, Emily, was it, were your family on board with you kind of getting right involved with it? Was it something that you didn't have to do much persuading in terms of kind of getting to play? Yeah, so I think I can remember it quite clearly. Like it was at school we got off, everyone got gave a letter about like football starting up. So I just took that home and I was like, oh, I'm going to football by the way. And my mum was like quite surprised, but nah, they've never really... Like, they've always supported it and been like, yeah, that's fine. They just kind of went along with it initially. I think they thought it was just going to be a wee phase, you know what I mean? And then I would just kind of grow out of it. But, nah, I just loved it as soon as I started. So I've always, like, my dad as well, like, used to help out with the girls at Westlake. So, yeah, it's always been something good. So, yeah. For, for you, because you've mentioned it already, you're from the northeast, um, And a lot, I think it's fair to say, a lot of the, the women's game is central-based still at the moment. It's obviously getting a bit more spread out. Was there a big decision you had to make at some point in terms of kind of helping your development? Yeah, so I, when I was younger, obviously I played for Aberdeen and that was obviously like the top club up there. So that was good. And then I think it was a couple of years ago, um, I got asked to go to the National Performance Academy at Heriot Watt. So like all the girls sort of train in the morning there, every morning, seven to eight. And um, like we all stay together and I, accommodation and train every morning and then so when I got asked to go to that like it was kind of an opportunity that I had to take especially when like obviously like you say a lot of the teams in that are based down in the central belt so it was a good opportunity to like go and progress more I think and obviously have a chance to train with like players within the Scotland setup as well more often I think. What what about for yourself Amy um, in terms of you kind of coming through because I'm React Rangers from 2013-ish, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I joined them when I was 12, maybe just turning 13. Um, and obviously just um, last summer um, was when I left to join Hib, so I was there a long time. And yeah, I think for me it was just that, obviously I really enjoyed my time at Rangers and obviously you could see like the league was getting more competitive and, you know, it was still the kind of same pattern of City and Hibs dominating at the top at the time and I think I knew maybe at that stage that my next step was to then move up if I wanted to start you know competing at the top end and competing in cups and things so um, yeah obviously moved 
made the move, move to Hibs and that's obviously helped with being in the academy and um, based through there as well. It's kind of lifestyle change or less travelling and my uni's in Edinburgh and it was kind of, that was obviously helpful on the side but, um, but no, I've loved it since I've joined and obviously had a lot of experiences in Champions League and got my first kind of involvement in their squad whilst I've been at Hibs as well so um, yeah, it's definitely a decision that I felt I had to make and I'm happy that I did. Emily mentioned the, the performance centres and we're having this conversation, you've got your Scotland gear on, which is, is, is cool. Um, what, what do you think of the performance centres in terms of what they do for your kind of, done for your development in the kind of last couple of years? Um, I'd say that it's just been, the extra training's just massive because obviously now that um, before it was always just professional teams down south. So unless you were playing down there, you were maybe only training three, four nights a week. So with that there, it's the extra training in the mornings, it's the gym sessions and you're starting to build up more hours in the week and it's just the contact time in the pitch. Um, that's probably the most important thing because obviously the more touches on the ball, at the end of the day, you're going to be a better player. So I think it's just helped in that. And it's obviously been a hard transition because it's really busy schedules when it's um, obviously just now a bit of disruption with corona, uh, coronavirus and stuff. But when it's in full flow, it's quite intense with the days when you've got college or uni in the middle of things but um but no I think it's a lot has helped obviously off the pitch as well come away living away from home as well and just taking more responsibility but I think it's been great for me and I've really enjoyed it up to now. Um, Amy's mentioned kind of balancing stuff with college uni Emily do how do you find that balancing all those different things especially just now where I think there's going to be lots of games coming in a very short period of time. Yeah, I think it can be hard at times to balance everything because obviously, like when the National Forms Academy is in like full swing, like before Corona, obviously, um, you were obviously training every morning seven to eight, and then having to rush it off to uni, only being in the flat for like what like half an hour, having to get changed, everything ready, and then sometimes you'd have to go straight from like college or uni to like your training at night, and then you wouldn't get into like later on. So I think that is hard, but I think that it's just important to like make time for everything so if you've got a time when you've got more uni work or college work then it's like just finding the time to do that and like sometimes you do have to like sacrifice going out with your pals and like doing things you enjoy to get that stuff done but in the end it'll be worth it so yeah cool um let's let's kind of talk about your where you're at just now which is hips um Amy, you kind of touched on your you moved from rangers um last year um, you've mentioned as well as about kind of uh, uh, kind of wanting to challenge at the top. How, how do you think the kind of setup for pre-season has gone so far for Hibs? And obviously the start of the season was winning 2-1 on Sunday. Yeah, obviously I could start Sunday. Um, I think it's it's probably been a bit of a blessing in disguise probably for us because Dean obviously came in, new coaching staff came in kind of at the turn of the year and it was a bit of a rush pre-season um, if the season was to run as it was. so. It's probably given um, all of us extra time just to settle and get used to how he wants us to play. So I think we were more than ready to start this weekend. Um, and yeah, obviously a good three points to the start of the league. And it's the same ambition again from the club that it has been over the past few years. Like we want to compete at the top and we want to get cup finals and win trophies again. And I mean, for Emily, you you signed from Hearts this season. Um, Hearts winning and you won SWP SR. I always make a mess of that. You signed from SWPL. You signed from Hearts and you won SWPL too. There we go, got there in the end. Um, what made you make the decision to kind of move from Hearts to Hibs? Um, yeah, so 
I really enjoyed my time at Hearts. Like, I loved every minute of it. I think, like, obviously winning that league topped off for me. But I think when Dean came in for me, I spoke to him about, obviously, the aims he has for the club and, like, what he wants to do with the girls this season. And, like, it was just an opportunity I feel like I couldn't turn down. And I know, obviously, I know of a lot of the girls from, obviously, the Scotland set-up and, like, within the Performance Academy. And, like, I know what their, like, sort of attitude towards football is as well. So I think that helped me make the decision as well. Like, the fact I'd be training with all those players and, like, obviously, Chris Lockhart, the goalie coach, I've been with him in the Scotland set-up. And, like, I know he's really good. So that also helped my decision. And, like, Dean was obviously speaking about how... Obviously, there's two Champions League spots this season. Like, Hibs will obviously be aiming to try and get one of them. And it's just something that I want to be a part of straight away. So, yeah. You mentioned um, having uh, people you know from the national team set up. And one of the people you know is Sophie Allison, who is also a goalkeeper at Hibs. Um, how's, how's that feel like having a, like, a teammate slash rival, like, internationally and at the same club? Yeah, no, it's good. Um, I think a bit of competition is always good. Um, yeah. We'll both be fighting for the spot, but I'm injured just now. But when I'm back, I'm sure we'll both be fighting and training, and it'll just be like we'll be pushing each other in training. So it'll just be based on who sort of is doing best, I suppose. <laughs> no, that makes it. That makes absolute sense. Um, let's 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 move on to talking about international football a little bit. Um, and I mentioned the under nineteen, so let's rewind a little bit to last summer under nineteen European Championships. Um, you are both involved in the squad. Um, Tournament was hosted in Scotland. Uh, how uh, how did it feel, Amy, to compete in like a home tournament? Um, kind of, well, I'm guessing for the first time, maybe. Yeah, it's probably yeah. As the first, being at home, especially being at finals, it's probably the biggest one you can be involved in at that age group. But no, it was great. It just, I think it was probably just the most like professionally set up tournament that I've been in as well. And just all the media attention, especially building up to it, went on for a long time and. You know, kind of, we were doing trophy tours. Me and Emily were going around schools with the trophy, trying to um, speak to the primary school pupils to encourage them to come along and stuff. But um, no, it was such a good experience, and it was three really tough games. But you know, particularly the France game, I always remember that that we did come so close in the opening game to to getting something off them, and obviously they they went on to win it. So, um, but no, great memories from it, and um, it was just a great experience, obviously, to captain the team as well. I was going to ask you, you're obviously captain for the tournament. I think I remember doing a couple of post-matches with you kind of afterwards. Um, how, when you were kind of walked out for that first time, there was some decent crowds at those games as well, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, yeah. How, how, how did it feel just kind of walking out as kind of captain for a for a moment like that? Yeah, that was probably my, obviously my highlight so far, besides obviously coming on for my first time for the A-Squad. But I just remember that, especially that opening game, it was a really good crowd and um, just a really great occasion to come out and obviously lead the girls out. But <clears throat> yeah, I would just say it's probably up there one of my favourite memories and just having your family there. And um, you know, obviously we've played in, in front of crowds before, but that was probably a lot bigger than what we've had. And yeah, just the whole occasion was great. Uh, yeah, I like the song at the start from B Charlotte. I had I was singing that for ages for uh, for a good while. Um, but what I mean, what does it, Emily? I mean, what does it mean? You're obviously part of that squad as well. What does it mean to kind of play play for Scotland um, at any age level? Um, how how does it how does it feel to be part of that squad and be in and involved in that setup? Yeah, I think it's just like obviously it's a privilege. Like 
not many people get the opportunity to do it. So when you're given the opportunity, you just need to grab it with both hands and make the most of it, to be honest. I think like there's not really much better feeling than representing your country, like no matter what age group it's at. So yeah, I think it's a really good experience and one that obviously all the girls probably that have been involved in it will say like they've got lots of memories that they'll hold with them from it. What what is there any kind of when you kind of first found out you were getting a call up to Scotland side and whenever that was, can you remember how you felt at the time? Like what was your, what was your um, Yeah, so I think I've probably had like a very different path to what Amy's had. Um I was when did I first get picked? Under sixteens. So I was in like the training camps for under fifteens and then like the start of under sixteens, but I never made the squad. And then I think it was the one of the UEFA development tournaments, I think, was my first one I got picked for. And it was based at Orium, so it was at home. Um, but now nah, I just remember the letter came through and obviously my name was on it and I was just buzzing to be in it, to be honest, because I think I'd worked hard for a while and obviously I hadn't quite made the squad, but then to break into it was obviously really good and I was just really excited about it. And then, Amy, for you, you made your Scotland debut at the start of this year um, at the Pinotaur Cup. Uh, and you mentioned earlier on it's probably the only thing that has talked to being the under-19s captain. What what was it like? Because obviously you were in the squads and then you came on as a, as a sub. What was it like when Kenny Shelley turned around to you on the bench and said, um, Amy, you're, you're coming on? Um, yeah, I think we we had obviously had meetings through the week and she had been saying that she wanted to use the tournament for squad rotation and everyone would get their chance. So it was kind of in the back of my head that, it might have came in that final game, but obviously I wasn't expecting it at the end of the day because it was a tough game against Northern Ireland. Um, so, yeah, I just remember it um, coming up for the last 10 minutes or so and the message had just got passed down. I think it was me and Jane Ross at the time that came on at the same time that we were just to go and get warm. So I was just um, trying to get ready as possible and just preparing myself mentally for coming on. But, um, no, it was just great. Um I think it was all probably a bit of a blur in the end. I just remember coming on the pitch and I think I, I maybe only touched the ball a couple of times, but oh, just a great feeling and um, just one that I'll always remember and it's something that I've, I've always wanted to do and just lucky it came so soon. Um, probably off the back of the 19s, I thought it could have been a lot longer because obviously that's a, a big step to take and yeah, just delighted it has came so soon. I was going to ask you about that 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 step because I've talked about it a couple of times before. I think I've spoke to Shelley about it at one point as well. Emily, in terms of that that jump from like the 19s to the senior squad, does that seem like a quite a big step at the moment uh, for you? Yeah, I think coming from the 19s, obviously there's no sort of under 21s or anything, so it is a big step to make, obviously straight into the A squad. But I think like the National Forms Academy helps to provide sort of a platform for that as well because with obviously more training and obviously increasing your load and like being in sort of a more professional sort of environment, even just within training and stuff, is something that's supposed to help with that. So, yeah, just see what happens. Um, and Amy, you got a call-up this week. Um, there's a couple of pilots. You got a call-up for the games against Albania and Finland. Are you, are you a bit of a veteran of it now? So when you got the call, you were just like, no bother, sound, I'll see you, <laughs> see you this week. Or do you still get excited when you get that kind of call? No, I was definitely still just a big surprise and I remember the call came through and I was um, during the week last week on my way to training and I was just really shocked um, and obviously delighted to be 
to be asked in again. And um, yeah, just obviously it being a Euro qualifier this time. Obviously, the Pinnacle Cup was great and we won it. Um, but you know, this is the games that we need to win and um, and the lead up to trying to qualify for the Euro. So it's a different experience again. And obviously, in this kind of climate with COVID, etc., it's been a bit of a different camp. But it's been great to be involved again. And um, you know, girls have been great with me, and I've been loving it so far. In terms of what what happens, see when you get that kind of kind of last minute call up, how quick is it from like you've made the phone call to you're in the camp? Is it is it super quick, or do you kind of get a couple of days' notice? How does it usually work? Um, it, it it actually just kind of comes down to because obviously I got in replacing from injuries or pullouts in the squad, so it just depends how fast they happen. So I got the call Thursday last week, so I did kind of have the weekend and obviously aware of it before my game, but my my first call up when I got injured, I only found out on the Saturday um, and the camp was meeting up on the Monday. So that was like a bit of a faster turnover. But yeah, it just depends on um, when and whatever happens with the people that, that pull out. But it can be quite um, quite a quick turnover and being able to get yourself organised and your whole week's changed. And it's um, it can be quite crazy. But um, this time around, it was a few more days to prepare. Okay, so um, we've done kind of the questions and the answers, but I've got a few more for you. Um, obviously, we said at the start of the podcast, you are pals. So I thought I'd put some questions that only pals will know to you. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, obviously, it's not going to be anything wild because, you know, there's questions you just don't ask on podcasts. But I, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to do it one at a time because it would be quite hard to forget you both to shout, I think. So I will start with you, Emily. Um, and we'll start with football questions, first of all. So out of the two of you, who is the most likely to start moaning on the training pitch? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I don't think either of us are really that moaning. Like, we just kind of get on with it. I feel like we're not really ones that complain, to be honest. <laughs> we just get on with it and just whatever happens, happens, eh? Are you, are you paying into that, Amy? Um, yeah, I think it's hard to say, to be honest. We don't well, we, really train together either because I'm obviously with the goalies. Yeah, it's kind of we're separate for a lot of the sessions, so probably hard to tell. But um, I don't know if I were to pick one, and I'm not sure. Maybe oh. I don't know. I think that was a close <laughs> Maybe me, but I wouldn't say any of us are that. We're not too money on the pitch. No. I was going to say so. Maybe not in training, but what about who's the, who's probably the first one to kick off in the pitch then? Or do you think they're both quite placid? Yeah, I think we're... I'd say we're both quite chill. We're both we're quite, quite chill. chill. Okay, well, yeah. that's, that's recorded now, so I'll remember this. The first time I see you, <laughs> you, you don't lose it. Okay. <laughs> um, what about... which? Do you have any pre-match rituals, either of you? Is that, like, what you do before a match? Yeah, is there anything you always do before a match that maybe is just, like, habit? I don't think so. I've got a playlist that I listen to before I play a game, but like just like I can't on that on the way, but I wouldn't say it's like if I didn't listen to it, I'd think I was gonna have a bad game or not. Like I just kinda just get you in and like ready for a game, like what's, in the zone. What's what's in the what's on the in the zone playlist? Oh there's heaps of stuff, like there's a mix. We all so in our house playlist we all put in a song each and then that's what obviously would be on in the changing room if we had a changing room. But obviously, just now, we're all just kind of rocking up and 
playing. So there's a mix. There's a bit of Drake, Kanye West, you know, just a mix. Nice. Uh, what about pre-match for you, Amy? Is there anything that you do? Any kind of pre-match meals that you would have, for example, or anything that's always like has to be that way before you, you start a game? Um, no, I'd say I've not got anything like superstitious of that, but pre-match meals probably um, a lot of our stuff's one, two o'clock kickoff, so usually just quite a big breakfast and then maybe something smaller before, but just the usual scrambled egg or beans, poached egg, that's my my go-to, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say I've got any superstitions or anything. Okay, um, we've talked about it a little bit, so who's the better cook out the two of you? Um, I'll ask you, Emily. Me, 100%, <laughs> like definitely. I never used to be, but my cooking game has been stepped up in the last couple of years, I'll tell you that. What's what's your, what's your the signature dish? Fajitas, Fajitas. unreal. Oh, the finger's gone up on everything, that's... Honestly, feet is unbelievable. <laughs> Are you you have not even so I wasn't at training at the end. Um I'm not sure I, I mean I think feet is about as far as Emily goes, to be honest. <laughs> you should ask her what she wants for pasta, pasta, cheese and sweet corn. <laughs> that sounds grim. What uh, what is that? <laughs> I would say it, but I would say I'm a better cook. I mean, Emily's fajitas are good for whatever that. To be fair, I never used to be able to cook, but I'd say like, so obviously like, in the flat when we stayed there, um, like obviously Amy and like Erin Clacker has taught me everything I know. So <laughs> you'd probably say Amy maybe is a better one since she's taught me everything. What's what's your what's your go-to then, Amy, when you're when you're cooking? Have you got something you just like making all the time? Um. I like a, oh, I don't know what pasta bake. I like a good pasta, pasta bake. Yeah, I like a pasta bake. Um, but I, change, I feel like I change it up quite a lot. Like a pasta bake, stuff fries, chicken burgers, they're, they're my favourites. Cool. All right, let's 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 move. You mentioned music already, so let's go back to music. Who's got the better taste in music? Have we both got the same taste? Similar, I think. Similar, yeah. Similar. What's, yeah, what's, always sings on. What's on air repeat at the moment then? I'm enjoying TikTok songs, to be honest. <laughs> now, see, TikTok goes over my head. I, I tried. Class, so I tried, but uh, they kind of went over my head. They're pretty good, those songs, to be fair. What's, you mentioned the Hibs playlist, and what's the song that you have got on the playlist? I never put one in. I won't even lie to you. I never <laughs> put one in. Well, so, yeah, hey, I've, you... got, hey, I've got Power by Kanye West. Nice one. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, right, okay, next question. If you were both left stranded on a desert island, who would be the better survivor? Uh, I'll ask you, Amy. Mm. Um, oh, I'd see me because I feel like Emily would stress a bit more. <laughs> I'd agree with that to be fair I'm a bit of a stress head so I think if I was stuck in a desert island I don't think I'd last very long to be honest So we're going to go Amy in the desert island yeah. and Emily will do fajitas and that'd be cool listening yeah. to her awesome. so uh, it's a shot to get my ingredients you know Well it's a desert island you're not going to have like an Aldi around the corner <laughs> I mean that's, that's that'll probably stress you <laughs> a little bit as well um, I'll tell you what Last question then, if uh, what is your favourite moment from football? 
um, in the last however long you've been playing. Um, what's what's your favourite moment? I'd say for me, probably I don't know. There's a few like obviously playing for Scotland and stuff's been so good and like just everything with Scotland's been class. Um, but I'd say my last se- last season when I played for Hearts when we won the league, it was just like so good. Like I just loved that season and like I think it'll be hard to top that to be honest well not hard to top that but you know what I mean like I just really enjoyed that season like obviously I was really close with a lot of the girls as well so like obviously doing it with like a lot of your best friends is obviously makes it better so yeah and I mean Amy has anything topped topped making your Scotland debut yet um no I think that that probably tops it all to be honest um I'd say maybe just a kind of club highlights probably being involved with the Champions League last uh, last year, this time last year, was probably uh, up there with my kind of club achievements. But yeah, I would still say that uh, my debut is my best moment so far. Cool. Um, well, thank you both very much for coming on. Really appreciated it. Um, hope it wasn't too bad for you both. <laughs> no problem. Thanks very much for having thank us. Thank you for having us. No, no problem. Uh, Emily, best of luck in recovery from injury. Amy, best thank luck you. this weekend. Hopefully you maybe get some minutes. Um, and thank you very much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe, tell everybody about it, share it, all the usual stuff. I, I always make this bit up at the end and regret it every time. But thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we'll speak again soon.